everybody. Welcome to the Change Your Thinking, Change Your Life podcast. My name is Michelle Burkhardt and I'm your host. On today's episode, we are talking about divine love. So very first off, I'm going to clarify what that means and what it doesn't mean. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, how man, humans, use concepts to help and hinder us. Uh, I'm going to reference Miles McPherson's book, The Third Option, one of my favorites. I love how he talks about in groups and out groups. So I'm going to explain that a little bit. And then, you know, how in the world does that relate to this idea of divine love? And we'll talk just a little bit about personalities and how it shows up when you're trying to love. And of course, I'm going to give you a couple different activities that you can do to understand your own version of love. And then to help you think outside the box of how might you love somebody today. Okay. And at the very end, I'm going to give you another invitation to our life on purpose program because doors are closing tomorrow evening. And some of you have said, yes, I'm signing up and you haven't walked in the door yet. So I'm going to encourage you to do that. So enjoy. All right. So I want to talk today about divine love. So first of all, let me clarify here that this is not about religion. Okay. Um, it's not even about faith, if you will, it's higher than that. Um, but you know, one thing that we do as humans, actually we do it very well, uh, is we have definitions or concepts or ideas for things, which is not inherently bad, but the idea of a religion or a faith, honestly, if I lined a hundred people up and I said, Hey, what's your definition of religion or faith or divine love? Uh, we would have, you know, maybe even a hundred different answers. Okay. And those definitions or concepts really in reality, what they do is they lead to, uh, what Miles McPherson talks about in his book, the third option, which I highly recommend to everybody. Um, there's so many different things that he talks about in there, but what he talks about are, uh, in essence, the difference between what he calls in groups and out groups. So the essence of that is that, you know, we as humans create these tribes, you know, um, this is my group, right. And based on your definition, your concept, your, you know, culture, which is the way of doing things based on that, you decide who is in my group and who is not in my group. Let me give you a great example. I, this just came to me. So I think about being a mother, right? Uh, it's very interesting because the world seems to have an opinion on how you're going to be as a mom. It starts off very, very early. So as soon as the world realizes that you're pregnant, all of a sudden it decides, are you in this group or are you out of of this group? So for example, uh, you know, I remember when I was pregnant with one of the kids, I don't know, I was uh, drinking, I don't know, a diet Coke or something. And I think at the time it was, uh, I had had a headache and that thing was helping me. Um, and man, there were some judgmental people out there, right? Because they thought, well, you're not in the group that I think you should be in, right? Or, you know, once you have the baby, now you've got to determine, are you going to, you know, breastfeed? Are you going to bottle feed? 
Um, and then, you know, the, the, the decisions just keep on coming. Are you going to stay at home? Are you going to go to work? What are you going to do? What are you going to do with your baby? Are you going to, you know, again, stay at home, give it to a relative, um, to care for, you're going to send it to, to childcare. What are you going to do? Right. And so we're, we're experts at creating these in groups. Uh, you know, the stay at home moms sometimes look at the working moms like, okay, I, I don't understand you, right? Because they're two different groups because we have separated them in our minds. Does that make sense? In group and out group. Uh, Miles McPherson, he used to be a um, NFL football player. So he breaks it down and he says, you know, there's football players, but then after that, there's like, here's my team, right? And then within your team, you have other in groups, like this is the position I play. And so when you go and you talk to other people and you find out things about them, it's like your brain is going through all the file folders in your head saying, is this person in my in-group? So the essence of his book is talking about the in-group and the out-group and how you can make the out-groups or the people who are maybe not within your own sphere, how you can make them in your in-group. Okay. So again, I highly recommend that book. Uh, you can get it in print or audio. Um, I actually, uh, I've heard Miles talk about this several times in person and I, I got the book. Normally I get books in, in print. Um, but his was one I got in audio and I've been using or listening to it as I take my walks in the morning. Um, all right. So the reason why I say that is because we have created these in groups and out groups in religion. Okay. So for example, you know, are you Methodist? Are you Catholic? Are you Jewish? Are you atheist? Okay. And, you know, just out of curiosity, you know, regardless of whatever your label is, but have you ever stopped to ask yourself, what does that mean? Uh, I actually have friends in each one of those categories I just mentioned. And I'll tell you this. So I've got three Methodist friends. Um, yeah, they all have a very different perspective and definition and explanation of what that means to them. And so when I'm trying to understand the Methodist faith a little bit better, uh, I'm like, Ooh, there's at least three ways to think about it. There's probably many, many more. Okay. Um, so what you, what it means to you really depends, you know, on, you know, how are you going to see other people? So if you're a version of, of, let's say there's these three versions of being Methodist, A, B, and C. So maybe you're, you're a Methodist, but your version is A, you might look at, you know, Methodists in the B column and say, oh, you're not in my in-group. Even though you're Methodist, you're not in my in-group. And so you might look at them a little bit differently. Okay. Oh, you guys believe that. Yeah. Yeah. We don't believe that. Right. But you see, divine love is different than all of that. Okay. And I'm really coming to terms with this idea that, you know, if we release concepts and definitions and labels of things and just allow that to kind of come to us, and observe and acknowledge and notice what's happening, um, we can have a much more peaceful life. So if, if A, B, and C Methodists get together and they're having coffee, rather than talking about all the things that they don't agree on, they could focus on common ground and they could just focus on being with each other in love. Okay. So divine love is about acceptance. Um, so acceptance is not like I accept everything that you say and do. Acceptance is 
You are a divine human being sitting in front of me. I accept you as a person. Okay. Um, it's about understanding. So coming to this place of understanding as opposed to, you know, trying to find the things that are, are different about you. Um, it's also forgiveness, right? But it's also about being patient and allowing things to happen. Um, and it's this notion that we're all equal. It doesn't matter what you believe. We're all equal. Okay. And you know, no mistake matters. Think about that. No mistake matters. Now, listen, this does not cancel out cause and effect. Okay. Listen, if you're up on your roof and you're working on whatever, you know, uh, my husband a few weeks ago was cleaning out the gutters and you fall off the roof. Guess what? Gravity doesn't say, oh, you're a good person. You know, I'm going to make sure you don't get hurt. Uh, you know, the, the natural laws of the universe are going to come into play, right? However, um, you know, you, you can deal with those consequences. But what I'm talking about is when you're looking at another person and they make a mistake, like you're, you're having a conversation and they might say something that's a little off. If you're coming from this place of understanding and trying to make a connection with them, you can forgive them very quickly. Okay. And you can recognize this divinity, if you will, this higher self in another person, even if you don't like what they say or do. Okay. I, the best way I know how to explain this, and I t tell this to my kids all the time, uh, and they tell it to me back too, is that, you know, as a mother, I love my kids, right? There is, um, uh, and it's a, a much deeper love than it's ever been. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing their own divinity, honestly. So what I'm telling you here, I've been practicing by looking at my own children this way. Um, I love them, but sometimes I don't like what they do. And quite frankly, sometimes I don't like them as people. <laughs> okay. Now, now, now I hear somebody saying, oh my gosh, I can't believe you could say that. Um, and then other people who don't have children are like, then why did you have them? Right. And I hear some of you too going, yep, that's where I'm at today. Okay. Um, so I love them, but sometimes I don't like them. And, and I hear that from them, you know, um, actually a few days ago, my 11 year old, now I was having a moment. There was just a lot of things going on. I was under deadline for like six different projects and, uh, she came in and a couple times and wanted to connect with me. And I just, I just wasn't having it. Right. And so she looked at me and she said, you know, mommy, I really love you, but right now I don't like you. And I was like, okay. So I put everything down. I paused. I'm like, okay, let's breathe a little bit. And then I was able to go and, and connect with her. So that's what I'm talking about as far as divine love is that you can, love that person, even though you don't like what they're saying and doing. Okay. So there's many different definitions and concepts and ideas, um, uh, about love. Okay. So I really want you to today, if you can sit and really pause and think about what is your definition of love? I think that's really important because, you know, we talk a lot of times about how belief drives behavior. So the things that you believe about love, that's going to drive your behavior. If you've never sat down and said, what's the definition of love and how do I like to uh, show love, right? And how do I like to receive love? That's a really good exercise for you.
So I, I was sitting down and I, I'm doing another training here soon for some teachers on the DISC personality profile. And I was like, let me play with that idea of, of the DISC. So I'm not going to go into everything. If you want, you can go into Searchy, our search engine, and you can, um, you know, look up DISC and you'll find all kinds of stuff. But the one thing that I, I thought of, okay, so the D type individual, they're very outgoing, very task oriented, like let's get stuff done, right? They're driven. And they love to get results. So they love to check things off on their list, whether it be them doing it or, you know, kind of inspiring, hopefully other people to do it. So they want to get stuff done and they typically will show love in uh, a quicker, faster way. Um, Very high D's, their, their idea or sense of love is like, look, I've done this for you, right? So they're very service oriented in that way. Um, The I-type individuals are also outgoing, but they're more people-oriented. And they just love people. They're like the life of the party, right? So they love to have fun. And that is a a form of love in itself. Like, let's have a great conversation, but let's have some humor. Let's have some fun. Um, You know, maybe, maybe some words of encouragement, but it's more like, let's spend time together, right? And then the S's, they are also uh, very people oriented, but they're a little more on the reserve side and they love relationship and not, not like the I does where the I's like, let's go do something together, right? The, the S is more like, okay, let's get really deep. Okay. If you haven't guessed it, I'm more of an S. So we want to know like, what's your hopes and your dreams and how can I help you, right? They're excellent listeners. Um, they're very supportive, very encouraging. And they love when people notice them uh, and, and also uh, they love peace and harmony, right? And so they, they have a sense of love when everybody is kind of getting what they need. They love to serve other people. Um, you know, they just love to encourage. And then the C-type individual, they are reserved and very task-oriented, so they're very cognitive. They, they do a lot of thinking. They love processes. They love procedures. They want to do things right. Okay. So for example, a, a C type mom after a long day at work might come home and say, okay, guys, did you get the chores done? Right. And, and to, to that mom, not only did you get it done, which a D would be like, did you get it done? But a C is like, did you do it right? Okay. So a D is like, oh, are the dishes done? Awesome. A C is like, did you load the dishwasher correctly? Okay. Um, and so C's like to give love by making sure things are right for people. For example, if they're wrapping a Christmas present, it's got to be done perfectly. Right. Um, a D will probably just hire somebody or just say here in, in the store bag, I'd love to do that. You know, here's the, here's the Meyer bag here. Just grab that and go. Um, so, you know, how you, your personality is really defined, uh, will, will influence your definition or idea of love. So it's really good to know what that is too. And here's the kicker. You need to know that about you and about the people that you're trying to love. Because once you know that, now you can flex your communication, your, um, you know, your delivery, if you will, your love. You can flex your love to give them what they want in order to feel loved. So you might have a preference, right? You might want things to be perfect. 
uh, and the other person doesn't really care. So maybe you're spending all this time, you know, wrapping the, the gift and making sure it's good. And the other person is just like, yeah, that doesn't mean anything to me. Right. And so you might get offended because you spent all this time. So really it's a way to, to say, well, what's important to them? Because if you think doing an act of service is important to somebody else and they don't want you to be doing an act of service, they just want you to sit down and spend time with them. You know, you might be in the kitchen, you know, putting all your time and your effort into, you know, making chocolate chip cookies for your kids. Right. And one of your kids might just be like, okay, yeah, that's really cool. But I just want you to sit down and play a game with me. See what I'm saying? So this idea of divine love, um, you know, is looking at that other person and saying, who are you? Um, how do you feel loved? How can I make sure I have that connection with you? Much like I did with my 11 year old when she said she loves me, but doesn't like me. I realized I've got to stop what I'm doing and step out into divine love. And rather than saying, you know what, honey, I, I, I've really got all this to do. I recognized in that moment. Yes, I still have all that to do. However, she was hurting and I needed to attend to her. Okay. So when, when we go into this place of where we're, we're flexing our love, if you will, I think that that might be a good way to look at it. Um, we're in that divine love. Okay. Mistakes don't matter. We're, we're trying to understand and forgive the other person, accept them. Right. And understand that all people matter. Um, understand that, you know, just because that might be your, not be your preference, it still matters. Okay. So how could you practice divine love today? So first of all, go back to that definition. What does love mean to you? Uh, how do you like to show love? How do you like to receive love? Okay. And then, you know, one thing that I would, I would think is a good exercise after you've done that is to look at your schedule for today and pick out, I don't know, three things on your schedule. Maybe you've got a meeting, maybe you've got a zoom, maybe you've got time with family, whatever it might be. Um, list that out and just sit down and think about what is one small action step that you can do. So for example, maybe you have a staff meeting today and you're like, all right, how can I show them love today? Right. Uh, one idea might be, you know, you know, you've got some, some staff dealing with some stuff. So maybe you have, you know, your opener is, Hey everybody, what's going really well. Okay. What's not. Okay. How, you know, what could we do? Right. So rather than jumping into, we've got to get our agenda done, you know, taking a little bit of time for them. Uh, maybe you're going to be with your kids tonight. You know, have you asked yourself, what do they want to do with the evening? Or are you, you know, thinking about these are all the stuff that needs to get done. Okay. So make a plan, make it simple, very simple. Okay. Just three things. And then after you do those three things, so it could be right after the meeting or it could be sometime tonight, go through and look at your plan and say, okay, on a scale of one to 10, one being, yeah, I completely even forgot to do that thing. Um, five or six being, okay, I tried, but it kind of failed. And 10 being, oh my gosh, I surprised myself. I'm a rock star. Okay. Put in a number. Okay. What, how do you think you did? And ask yourself why. So if you gave yourself a seven, why is it a seven? And then the last thing is really, what did you learn from doing that? Did you learn something about you? Did you learn something about the other person? Um, did you learn something just about this reflection process? Uh, maybe you learned something about love that wasn't currently in your awareness from before. Okay. So really this is just a, a, a plan that is very simple that allows you to go out, get something done. Uh, and then come back and reflect on it. Okay. So 
I, I really, really, really hope that, that you do this because this is one of the activities that literally could change your life. Okay. Um, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but if you are really trying to, to grow and change, um, I would highly suggest you join our life on purpose group. Of course, I'll have that link in, uh, the description. Um, so our doors to sign up for this are closing tomorrow night. Many of you have reached out. You've had a ton of questions. Thank you for doing that. Some of you have even referred people. And so now you're getting some bonuses from that. That's awesome. I love it. Uh, and some of you have reached out and said, all right, I know I want to do this, but you haven't signed up yet. So this is your reminder, go and sign up because, um, you know, something hit me this morning as I was doing my study. Uh, nobody ever accidentally climbs a mountain. Think about that. Some of you are trying to really grow in areas that are really important. So you're not only trying to grow in like your business or career or relationships or health and wealth, you know, those kinds of things, but also trying to grow in the, this idea of divine love, right? How do I be the best version of myself? That is the equivalent of climbing a physical mountain. And guess what? Nobody ever does that by accident. So this is my reminder to you. Come, if you're trying to climb a mountain of, of personal growth, join us in the Life on Purpose group. I'm so excited about the people who've joined us already. It's going to be some really great discussion. So um, yeah, with that, I release you into the wild. Go forth and prosper. Have an amazing day. We'll catch you next time. All right. Bye-bye.